Alhamdulillahi وذكر فإن ذكرة فأول مؤمنين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا وسندنا محمد وعلى آله وأزواجه وذرياته وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد. It's a great joy for me to be here and actually it represents 13 years from my memory what I remember Allah Alam since I last gave a talk in Chicago and normally when I come to the United States actually I view myself as off-duty you can tell from my accent I was born and raised myself in New York and I attended University of Chicago here as an undergraduate in the early 90s so I have seen the Muslim community in America where I was born and raised develop over the past 30 years of my life and this is what I want to talk to you about today because alhamdulillah, I feel blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be sitting in a place where it has developed positively. But on this particular trip of mine where I've traveled in a few cities, I've observed a lot of things. It may be the things I've been observing since 2004, all have had an impact on what I want to say to you today. Alhamdulillah, there's been a lot of development and progress in terms of institutions, masajid, community centers, in terms of having massages that have baseball courts or basketball courts or gyms, in terms of numbers and attendance that you might see at massages or at jumma or at events. But at the same time, something that someone like me notices, and I think a lot of us may not be aware of that, is that no matter how much, alhamdulillah, we have this growing trend of religiosity, outwardly apparently greater attendance at masajid and organizations there's an equally if not greater growing trend of irreligiosity and there's an incredibly large number of youth and middle-aged people who do not come to these very same programs and events and they are the unreported statistic of the Muslim community now alhamdulillah we praise Allah Ta'ala for guiding so many people but when you come together on Jummah, and I will talk a little bit about more of that later, what is Jummah, right? And it's to come to develop as an individual, but also to reflect as a community. So we're not here to pat one another on the back. And when I've been listening to different Jummah bayans for the past 12 years in this country, what I find is many young ulama or middle-aged ulama trying to connect with the community by talking about things that the community already believes in. And I found a lot of middle-aged people coming out of those talks very happy and very self-gratified. For example, giving a talk on how it's important to be a good citizen of this country. Of course it's important to be a good citizen of this country, but the reality is that 99.99% of you are already wonderful citizens of this country. You don't need further help on that. So what I see increasingly is topics being talked about in the masjid where the people are already doing very well. And so they grade themselves with an A, rightly so, and they walk out very happy. And then the things that need to be talked about, the things that need to be improved, the things that need to be noticed, the things that need to be worked on are not spoken about or brushed under the carpet. Then I've noticed amongst individuals in the Muslim American community that they notice 
And again, I say, and that's why I told you I was born and raised here and studied here at this city's finest university, so that you know I'm not somebody who lives in Pakistan and who is ranting and raving about Muslims in America. I'm a born and bred American Muslim, and I've had my hand on the pulse of this community for 30 years of my life, all right? And there are a lot of problems, and there are a lot of things that have to be improved. And until we use Juma and use the masjid as use institutions to further not just our infrastructure or our footprint or our large attendance at annual conferences, but rather to improve and increase the taqwa and dhikr and ibadah and ubudiyya and akhlaq and adab of the community, then these institutions haven't gone all the way. And it's what people in America, they love to talk about project management. So the asal thing in project management is follow up and follow through and delivery all the way, right? So for example, if we make the claim that having a gym and having a basketball, basketball court is going to bring our youth closer to deen, then I want to see muhaddithin come from that center. I want to see young ulama come from that center. I want to f see young community leaders come from that center. I want to see saib akhlaq, saib adab, young men and women of the highest spirituality and highest morality come from that center. Otherwise, you haven't followed them and followed through. So there are a lot of things that need to be discussed. I'm going to talk about two, three, because in a Jummah talk, there are only a few things one can talk about, but I will be here all day, inshallah, and I will speak again after Salatul Maghrib, inshallah. First thing is ibadah. Yes, ibadah is the core attribute of a believer. Do you know, I have personally in my life, and I'm not talking about anyone that you know, and I'm sure I'm talking about this masjid, but I need to say it without you under misunderstanding it. I have personally in my life across the years, not once but on numerous occasions, have met presidents of masajid, board members and trustees of masajid who cannot even tell me, because they would come and talk to me privately about these things, that even one month of their life has gone where they haven't missed a Fajr Salah. But meanwhile, they're president. Meanwhile, they're board member. Now, they're doing an excellent job administratively. They're doing an excellent job in their capability and their responsibility. But why is their ibadah not going up? Why is their taqwa not going up? Why is their feelings in salah not going up? Why is their understanding of Quran not going up? Why is their love for hadith not going up? Why is their knowledge of sirah not going up? And if we get affected and that happens subconsciously, if we start processing and managing our institutions in a kind of corporate mentality which just looks at productivity and efficiency and cleanliness and dynamism without forgetting that ultimately our deen and every institution in our deen and every person in our deen is an abd and an abid, is a slave of Allah Ta'ala, is a worshipper of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Unless we track those metrics, unless we have success in that, we're not ever going to have success in this world and we're certainly not going to have success in the Day of Judgment and we're going to be in a big surprise and we're not going to have success in Akhirah. It's very important. Core, basic things. People are struggling in basic things. Fajr Salah, correct pronunciation of Quran, daily recitation of Quran, daily offering of the Sunnah du'as of Nabi Kareem Wasallam, reciting salawat, salutations and blessings on the Prophet every day. I'm not talking about wayward Muslims. I'm not talking about ordinary Muslims. I'm talking about community leaders. I'm talking about board members. I'm talking about Muslim school teachers. I'm talking about medical association members. I'm talking about public speakers. I'm even talking about imams and khatibs and ulama who are even lacking in their ibadah. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Amazed. Hmm? Why? Because there's a real spiritual gap distance between their heart and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there's a real ghafla a real 
heedlessness in their heart and in their mind. One young man, he told me recently that he went to go visit, so I will pick out my own class of people. So rather than single out oh, businessmen and doctors and others, I will pick on the ulama, right? So he went to meet some person. And he went to his basement. The person said, oh, you come down, message him, you come down to my basement. So he went in, he went down to the basement, and that fine fellow was watching television. And they turned off the television, he tried to then instruct that person in deen, and the person said it was such a big disconnect. I couldn't believe that the person in front of me was watching TV, hit the remote, hit off, and then tried to teach me deen. And this is a young man has enough ikhlas, he has enough purity, sincerity in his heart to realize there's something wrong, there's some disconnect. But the reality is a lot of us who come for Jummah Salah, our lives are living this disconnect. We are so caught up in ghafla. We are so caught up in so many forms of entertainment and recreation. And that is the reason why that we are not progressing in our ibadah. And tahajjud and nawafil and extra ibadah, they're very far away. Now there was a time, let's say 20, 30 years ago, when Muslims would say, look, we're struggling with our basics, we're struggling with our fraid, you're going to talk to us about extra things, you're going to talk about tahajjud, you're talking about reciting Quran every day. They would say, brother, I'm struggling with the basics. I said, okay, that was 30 years ago. But now you have all these institutions. Now you as an individual, you have grown up. Now you as an individual, you have public positions are playing a dynamic, positive, alhamdulillah, role in the community. Is it still too basic for you? Is it still out of reach? Is there any place you go to, any time in your life, any hidden place in your heart in the middle of the night when you sometimes reflect upon your spiritual condition and ask yourself this question, why is it still out of my reach? Why? Why is taqwa, why is ibadah, why is sunnah, why is dhikr still out of my reach? What's wrong? Hmm? Is it any way that that's on our wish list? You know, we live in an age of technology. We live in an age of upgrade. And I find this again in the Muslim community. Allah Ta'ala bless our wealth and grant us risky halal and grant us shukr on our wealth and grant us tawfiq to make khidmat of our wealth. But this is the way we are in dunya. We always want an upgrade. We want to move to the better neighborhood, move to the better suburb, have a bigger house, have a better car. At a simpler level, we're upgrading our phones. I'm sure many Chicagoland Muslims are not on iPhone 3 or 4, and many of you are tracking iPhone 6, 7, and 8. We want to upgrade on our laptop, upgrade on our phone. Where is the upgrade in your taqwa? Where is the upgrade in your sunnah? Where is the upgrade in your feeling in salah? Where is the upgrade on the mount that you remember Allah on your heart? We talk about best practices, excellence. Hmm? We tell our children that, oh son, when I came to this country, work hard. Why? Because when I came to this country, I was never ever late for work. Oh my son, 40 years, I was never late for work. Alhamdulillah. Can that same man look his son in the eye and say, oh my son, 40 years, I never missed Fajr Salah? Why can't he say that? What has happened to a person that they can reach excellence, discipline, hard work and effort in the worldly realm? Alhamdulillah, Deen teaches that. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Allah al-ihsana fi kulli shay. But fi kulli shay doesn't exclude ibadah. Allah Ta'ala prescribed excellence, virtue, nobility, beautiful beauty, best practices, ihsan in every single thing. So yes, be the best student you can, be the best corporate worker you can, be the best medical doctor you can, be the most honest businessman that you can, be the best neighbor that you can, be the best in interfaith dialogue that you can, be the best citizen of the United States of America that you can, and be the best abid that you can, be the best musalli that you can, have the best hayat that you can, be the best abd of Allah that you can. Why is the second part missing? 
Now, if there's a person, because that's another group of people, which is unfortunately a lot of our youth, if there's another person who is lazy, who suffers from mediocrity, who is not dynamic, who is not accomplished, who is not work hardworking, who is not skilled, okay, a person like that, they struggle in deen. I can understand because that's their personality. They're lazy in dunya, lazy in deen. Mediocre in dunya, mediocre in deen. But how am I supposed to make sense of that person and this community, alhamdulillah, that has attained excellence in so many fields, that talks about their excellence in annual conferences and hotels attended by thousands of people, who tries to use that excellence in interfaith dialogue and in dawah and engaging the community they're living in and yet are failing to have private excellence in their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How am I supposed to make sense of that? And then, the things that are going on in some people's private realm in terms of their home, in terms of their relationship with their spouse, in terms of emotional infidelity, in terms of outright infidelity. How am I supposed to make sense of that? Hmm? That they're excellent in their behavior to others, but they fall way short of excellence in their behavior with their own spouses, their, their own children, with their own parents. How am I supposed to make sense of that? Hmm? And nobody wants to talk about it. And it's another thing, people are very offended by these things, disturbed by these things. They just want to be told they're great and they're wonderful and you're amazing. Allahu hmm? Akbar Kabira. You know, when we studied, like when I studied University of Chicago, yes, obviously I would be happy if my professor gave me an A+. But you know what I loved the most? Is when they marked up my paper with red and gave me extensive comments. Because that's why I went. I went to be trained. I went to learn. I wanted somebody who knew more than me to fix my mistakes and increase me in my level of knowledge. Where is that happening in our communities? Where is that happening in Deen? When was the last time we had a consultation with someone about our salah or about our taqwa? When were we able to open up to someone about my lack of haya? Hmm? Where is that element? Ad-Deen al-Nasiha. Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that all of Deen, those are the young people who are studying Arabic tarif al-tarafain yufid al-hasr. All of deen lies in all nasiha. The deen itself consists of nasiha. Nasiha equals deen, deen equals nasiha. Hmm? What is nasiha? Nasiha isn't just feel good stuff. Nasiha wa tawasaw bil haqqi wa tawasaw bil sabr. Mutual wasiyah and nasiha to mutually enjoin and guide one another to become better in deen. Hmm? So one major issue is ibadat. Another misconception, by the way, is that ibadat is just an individual matter. No, no, no. You know why those youth, and I'm telling you large numbers of people in their 20s and 30s becoming distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even outright atheism. It's not one or two. Even outright atheism. Why? Is it because you don't have a basketball court? Is it because you don't have a gym? Is it because they're not institutions? It's not because they were massages? That was answers people thought 30 years ago. You can't give that answer today. Hmm? Why? Why? And because we need a community of ibadah. A masjid, aslan, is a community of ibadah. Not just, it's not just an individual thing. Hmm? And when a youth puts that delicate heart of his or hers in this community of ibadah, it has an effect on them. Like Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa said, al-mu'mini fil masjid, kasamaki fil ma'i, that the believer in the masjid is like the fish in the water. Hmm? You know how much you have to clean your fish tank? I, when I was a kid, Allah, you have to clean that fish tank very regularly. Hmm? 
Why? Because even the smallest particles hmm, will not be good for the health of that fish. Allahu hmm? Akbar. So we need to be better, especially the people who come to Juma. Hmm? You are the people. You are the people. You think this masjid is big? Believe me, if every single Muslim in Chicago prayed Juma, upon whom Juma was fard, all the huge masjid would be small, would fall short. Don't look at that. Don't fail to remember that unreported statistic. Why is this group not being able to affect that? Hmm? You have to increase the magnetic power of the masjid, the spiritual magnetism of the masjid, the spiritual magnetism of the community lies in this ikhlas in which the ibadah takes place. Hmm? So ibadah is not just an individual thing, it's a community thing, it's a masjid affair, it's a community matter. And then inshallah ta'ala, the youth become people of ibadah. And the second thing is ubudiyah. Ubudiyah in Arabic, abdiyat in Farsi, Persian, Urdu. Obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Which simply means And that's what we're going to talk about tonight inshallah, Is leaving all sin entirely Because again We have this strange situation is that Alhamdulillah People have left 80% of sin 90% of sin 95% of sin But there's some sins that they're continuing to do And the way that in different communities are different in the world The way many, not every But the way many American Muslims rationalize this Is they, start, they stop viewing it as sin and when they no longer view it as sin, or they're no longer so ashamed over it, they're no longer so disturbed about it, then they have this strange life where they coexist. So again, rather than pick on all of you, I'll pick on our own community. I've met people who are hafaz and also sin. You name the sin, I have it. You want hafiz murder, I have case like that. You want hafiz plus zina, I have case like that. You want hafiz plus drinking, I have case like that. You want Hafiz plus atheism? I have a case like that. And then you can just imagine other lesser sins. Doesn't mean, alhamdulillah, the overwhelming majority of Hafaz aren't like that, right? But there are cases like that. Hmm? So that's an extreme example of what, so to illustrate to you what I wanted, the point was that we are able to coexist with sin. It's a strange ability we've developed. And we may not, have, may not be Hafiz, I'm not a Hafiz. For maybe it's a person, Jummah plus sin. We're able to coexist. We're able to pray Jummah regularly without fail, but also sin. Maybe a person prays five times a day plus sins. We're able to pray five times a day and still sin. We have this strange ability that the sin doesn't go away. It's like that stubborn, cancerous tumor that doesn't go away despite the other, otherwise the person has general health. The person tells the doctor, I don't understand. You're telling me I have cancer. I'm perfectly fine. I just played basketball yesterday. Hmm? So I to explain to you That this cancerous tumor Is coexisting with all of your other General health that you claim and you feel And you feel strong, you feel young, you feel active It's coexisting with all of that hmm? And that's a graph that has to go up That we have to have more taqwa More haya We have to stay away from the different sins So just towards the end basically I will just recap for those who came is that you know the purpose of Juma is really to reflect on these things. You know the power of Juma. Let me tell you something, right? So people, for example, Ramadan was just a few days ago, and these blessed ten days of Zulhijjah are coming. All right. So these are days where sometimes people they increase their nafil salah. Understand the korb, korb, the nearness and closeness and belovedness that a person gets to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the fard salah is infinitely more greater than the nawafud and the extra salah. The greatest of all fard salah for the man is Jummah. 
Salatul Jummah is the greatest, most profound, most robust, most deep, most intense Fard Salah experience that a man can have. Hmm? Now, what do you mean you do if somebody told us his 27th is Layl Tukadr? May not necessarily be, but let's say somebody thinks it is. We show up, oh, I'm going to make so many nafil. I'm going to pray Salatul Taraweeh. Mashallah. I'm sure many of you prayed Salatul Taraweeh this past Ramadan. That's 20 rakats. is non Fard Salah. Non Fard Salah. Just write down, inshallah, we're going to pray Fard Salah. Jummah is a transformative experience. You know, I was reading one work of one early muhaddith. He was saying that some people, they change once in their life. That's called Hajj. Some people, they change once in their year. That's called Ramadan. Some people, they change once a week. That's called Jummah. And some people, they change five times a day. That's called True Salah. In the Salat al-Tanha and al-Fasha'i wal-Murka. Spiritual transformation from Jummah to Jummah. Track it. And if you say Jummah to Jummah, I'm exactly the same person today I was last Friday. I'm exactly the same person I am today 10 Fridays ago. I'm exactly the same person I was 30 Fridays ago. Then you should be scared. But what is it about my heart? The young man will tell you if he goes to the gym once, he gets a physical high. And mashallah, if he starts going to the gym regularly in a few months, he feels a high. He says, I feel different. My whole physical health, sense, feeling, outlook is different. So take your Jummah deeply. That's one last thing I will say to you. Take your Jummah deeply, and that means to come early. Till, and it's all the more necessary in America, where you don't have so many other opportunities to actually come in the masjid, sit and linger, linger. Don't be from those people who, you know, park in the pole position towards the exit. Hmm? Allah Akbar, linger, stay, read Surah Kahaf. There are many, Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, despite being the greatest believer, the greatest Nabi, he still increased his ibadah in Jummah. The most busy person, busy in the work of Dawah of Nabuwa. He still took time, more time out for more individual ibadat in Jummah. That itself is a, generally speaking a sunnah to turn more to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you should be different on Jummah. And it's not just about the prayer. Your own individual ibadah, whether you stay back for Surah Kahf to read, whether you read other parts of Quran, whether you make more du'a, whether you make some type of dhikr, whatever you do, your ibadah in Jummah should go up. So in, the, in your book of deeds on the Dejman, it should be clear which day is Jummah. The other pages have less written on them, and every seven days, the day, the page on Friday has more written on it. Khair, hmm? there are many things one could say, especially like I said for Chicago, we're speaking to you after 13 years. Allahu Akbar. We make dua that Allah Ta'ala give me tawfiq also to understand deen and to help guide others in deen. And Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq all to have ikhlas and amal. Humility, sincerity, and honesty. This is your takeaway. Although you may think I didn't think, talk about these words. Humility, sincerity, and honesty will grant you akhirah and will grant you deen, will fix your relation with Allah and fix your relation with His creation. Wa akhirah da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.